Hello and welcome back. I'm so glad that you decided to join us again and that I didn't scare you away yesterday. Uh, Merry Christmas while I'm thinking about it. I know for some of you, you think I'm a little bit early. Maybe that's true, but we are in Advent and we know Christmas is coming. But more than that, our text today calls for it. We are in Luke chapter 2. And while I'm thinking about it, did you read it? Did you? If you haven't, come on, pause it, come back, read it, and then um, we'll start again. Did you read it? Oh, okay, fine. Nope, I hope you did, though. Man, you can't read it enough, can you? Uh, the Christmas story. It's one of those stories where you think you know it really well, right? But then when you go back and read it, especially maybe outside of your typical Christmas Eve service when you're not surrounded by all of the candles, all the people singing Silent Night and and just the anticipation of the evening and the day to follow, it really allows for you to focus on the words itself, doesn't it? I hope you read it. If not, please go back and read it. Such, such great words for us today. Uh, Christmas, so let me ask you, what was your favorite gift? The best gift that you have received. What is it? Now, I know you're going to be quick to say Jesus, and you're right. He absolutely is the perfect Christmas gift. But outside of him, what is it? I got to tell you, last year, my wife gave me this uh, coffee mug warmer. Oh, spectacular. Keeps my coffee warm as long as it's sitting on that little warmer over there. Um, oh, it's right next to me. It's fantastic. I love it. I'm lazy. What can I say? It's great. But no, that's not my best gift, my favorite gift. The best gift that I've ever received, that's, that's easy. It happened December 25th. December 25th, 2000. Oh, I want to make sure I get the date right. 2004. That was a great Christmas. What made that Christmas so great? That was the Christmas when I proposed to my wife and she said, yes. Man, I can't believe I talked about her twice in two days. Man, I'm getting mushy in my old years, aren't I? Wow, but that absolutely was the greatest Christmas present. What was yours? Your favorite one? There's probably a lot of them. All kinds of gadgets, gizmos, times you've had with your family. Maybe it's not an item, but just a memory that you have. And that's your favorite Christmas gift. There, there's all kinds. Christmas is, is wonderful. When we talk about Christmas, we think of gifts. And we have had so many gifts, but not just at Christmas time, right? Our lives are filled with gifts. Gifts that God has blessed us with. And of course, yes, the biggest one, without a doubt, is this gift that's before us here today in Luke chapter 2. And it starts off, well, quite ordinary. And maybe ordinary really isn't the right word either, but it certainly isn't exciting, at least not for Mary and Joseph. No, it's not like that at all. Maybe ordinary isn't the right word, but kind of a pain. Yeah, I think so. This is a pain, the way this begins. The fact that Joseph and Mary were, were called to go away from their home at this point in time, the fact that this uh, census is taking place, really, the reason why they're called to be a part of this census is to make sure that everybody's going to be paying their taxes. They want everybody registered. 
The government wants to make sure everybody pays what they're supposed to pay. The only way they can do that is if they have a, a good census to make sure they know how many people that they have. But you have to go where your family is from. And for Joseph, well, he has to go all the way back to Bethlehem, right, from the lineage of David. So while the government is doing all this, little do they realize that they're actually doing something that God has been ordaining for a long time now, uh, ever since the book of Micah. Look here at Micah 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me one who is to be ruler in Israel. Oh, man, that's how God works, isn't it? He takes something so small, insignificant seemingly, it is something amazing. From Bethlehem? Really? Bethlehem? Yep, that's what God chooses, right? Oh, absolutely incredible. So they have to, to make the long travel. Would have been a couple of days. Some of you ladies, can you imagine having to make this kind of a trip while you're pregnant? Late in your pregnancy? Now, I'm not exactly sure how they traveled. It doesn't say, you know, what animal. I'm not going to say it was a donkey or a camel or whether she was riding in a cart or maybe she walked the whole way. I, I would hope not. But wow, what a long journey. Really away from your family, away from your home, when you really just want to rest best that you can. All because of a census. This isn't a vacation. They're losing out on money, right? Joseph can't work. This is a trip that they're forced to take. And no doubt, you know the story. There's no room in the inn, right? There's no place for them. Our Luke account here, that's the only thing it says. There was no place for them in the end, it was so crowded, so packed. Nowhere for them to stay. Could you imagine? And, and that's the thing, though, is that's the moment. This is the time when God says, yep, it's time for me to come into this earth. Whew. When we were expecting our third child, we had everything planned out. Why do I say that? Well, with our first child, had to have a C-section. So with our second child, we knew C-section. So there was no waiting around. We planned the date. Boom. She came out September 1st, just like we planned. Had the third one set as well. We knew when it was going to come. knew when he was going to show up. We thought. And we were surprised. <laughs> sure enough, we're getting some things in order. Uh, Michelle was preparing payroll for her job. I was getting ready to go lead chapel at my uh, current congregation. And all of a sudden, she stands up and says something that didn't happen to, uh, to her or to us within the first two pregnancies. She said, uh, my water just broke. We both looked around at the house that was a wreck at the time. We weren't packed. We weren't prepared. Why? Because in our own minds, we knew that this baby was not going to come. We weren't ready. But guess what? The baby didn't care. <laughs> our youngest was going to come whether we're ready or not. But see, that's what I just absolutely love about this Christmas story. When does the baby come? Jesus comes not when you might expect. Doesn't come in a nice little package, in a nice, neat bow. Doesn't come when Mary has everything in order. 
Doesn't come with a whole lot of fanfare. But Jesus comes in the midst of this mess, this crazy situation. Most inconvenient time, but I love that. Because it just shows why he comes. He comes He comes to be in the middle of the messes. I mean, truthfully, isn't that really what earth is? It's a mess. It was perfect. It was great. God created it, right? It was good. It was good. It was good. You have those six days of being good. In fact, after he creates Adam and Eve, what? It's very good. Everything is very good. Rests on the seventh day, but then sin enters the world, and now all of a sudden it's not good. It's a mess. There's sickness. There's death. People aren't treating one another respectfully. Oh, it's, it's terrible. This inconvenient stuff that's happening for Mary and Joseph in the middle of senses, right? It's tax time. Yeah, nothing says Christmas like taxes. But that's when Jesus shows up. He shows up to be in the midst of the mess. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping that maybe this is speaking to somebody who's listening right now. How's your life? Are there some messes in there? Even if it's not a complete mess. Maybe maybe there's a mess in there somewhere. Is there an addiction? Are your family situations in order or is there a mess there? Are those sins that, that creep in, it's, it's a mess, right? But... God is perfect at coming in the middle of messes. That's what he does. In fact, you can see it. You can see it in verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all of the people. The angels are saying this to the shepherds. And again, God uses this announcement to to lowly shepherds, not to the distinguished of the societies. Fear not, I bring you news of great joy. And then here it is, for all people, not just for two people, not just for three, not just for the people who are listening in among the shepherds and not just for Mary and Joseph. This is good news that's gonna be for all people. And dare I say then all generations, you listening right now, it's good news for you. God comes for the masses. Wow just absolutely incredible. Wow, it's quite incredible what God does. I want to stop there, but truthfully, the chapter doesn't stop there. It goes on. We see what the child uh, or what the parents are going to do next here, and that's Mary and Joseph. They have to go to the temple for the purification rite. This is for Mary. Uh, You bring an offering to purify the mother, and it's quite interesting. They're supposed to bring a lamb, right? But if you are uh, an individual that, that does not have a lot of means, according to Leviticus, uh, you can sacrifice two young pigeons instead, and, and that's what she offers. Uh, this is really good. It shows us that, you know, their, um, their family is it's not a wealthy family, right? God doesn't choose a family that has uh, all of the wealth or the, the riches and the fame. He, he chooses some meager beginnings, but it doesn't matter, right? God knows what he's going to do. God knows exactly what he has in store uh, for all the world 
through Jesus. And then all of a sudden, something happens, though, while they're there. You have this individual named Simeon. He gets really excited because he was told by God that he was going to see the Christ before he dies, and it's come true. Here's this child right before them. He's just really excited. Then you have this prophetess, Anna, who's also excited. Uh, She's filled with joy as she uh, sees this child. I just love this picture where you have Simeon uh, picking up this child or maybe taking them, taking them from from Mary and Joseph, I'm sure, in a loving way. But he he takes them and blesses God. If it was me, I'd be thinking, hey, give me my baby back. But no, they, they know there's something special going on here. Lord, now let your servant depart in peace, he says, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Wow. Imagine someone says that as you're holding this child, right? My eyes have seen your salvation through this child. The father and mother were marveled at what he says. And the same thing for Anna. She wouldn't depart from the temple. She was worshiping, fasting, and prayer. Yet what does she do? She gives thanks to God and starts telling everybody about Jesus, about the redemption of of Jerusalem, how things are going to be made right. I mean, this is just absolutely amazing. Then you have Jesus going into the temple and don't want to spend too much time here. I probably have already taken up enough, but it's a great verse that shows what's going to be coming up next. The parents are wondering why Jesus is left behind. Hopefully you read the chapter, right? And he says this, he says, why were you looking for me? Talking to Mary and Joseph. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? They didn't know where Jesus was. He stayed behind. He was in the temple. He was, he was learning. He was also speaking. But th- this tells us about Jesus. He's going to be about his father's business. This is why he's come, not, not for his own ideas. He's come to do what the father has told him to do. You know, kind of finishing up all this, especially when we want to look at, at Simeon, and, to, and Anna were proclaiming the good news of Jesus. I, I think that's maybe something that we could think about today as we're reflecting on Jesus coming, of course, at Advent and how he's going to come again. There are opportunities, aren't there? We can talk about Jesus, share his name. After all, it's, it's good news, right? Good news of great joy for all of the people. That's what the shepherds have said. Maybe we can think about that today. What are some ways you can share that good news? And who can you share it with? Hey, thanks again for joining me. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you again tomorrow. Uh, Here we go, back to uh, Luke 3, where we'll be talking about John the Baptist again, preparing the way and looking forward to what we're going to find out uh, coming up tomorrow. All right, everybody, have a great day. Uh, Looking forward to it. Tomorrow, see ya. Don't forget to read.